Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI episode, I talk with Dr. Eric Russell, an HCI research associate, about a consulting experience he had recently, where he found himself in an executive boardroom talking with leaders about some of the perplexing and challenging problems facing the organization. At the end of the day, it wasn't about the stapler. Thank you all for joining us today. I want to welcome Dr. Eric Russell, who is joining us on this episode, and I'm very pleased to have the opportunity to hear from him and to introduce him at the beginning of this episode. Dr. Eric Russell is an HCI research associate. He's also an associate professor in the Emergency Services Department at UVU. His writings and research involve the influence of Homeland Security education on responders, as well as the impact of servant leadership on organizations and individuals. He is the author of more than 60 peer-reviewed and trade publications, as well as two books, The Desire to Serve, Servant Leadership for the Fire and Emergency Services from the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership, and In Command of Guardians, Executive Servant Leadership for the Community of Responders. In addition, Eric speaks nationally on the subject of servant leadership and homeland security education, Dr. Russell retired early as a captain from the Department of Defense, uh, the USAF Fire and Emergency Services, with combined active duty military and DOD service. He is a Department of Defense rescue technician, hazardous materials technician, and a dive master. Dr. Russell is also a certified homeland protection professional from the National Sheriff's Association and the Global Society of Homeland and National Security Professionals, and was awarded a graduate certificate in Homeland Security Studies from Michigan State University. And on a personal note, I've known Dr. Russell for quite a long time, uh, about a decade, and he's a good personal friend and a wonderful colleague, and we're very fortunate to have the opportunity to hear from him today as he shares his experience at a recent consulting gig where he had the opportunity to talk with organizational leaders and their perception of the problem of the stapler. From time to time, I get asked to come into an organization and look at either a process or some type of organizational dynamic or behavior, either for improvement or to solve solve an issue. Now, several years ago, I was brought in to help consult on an organizational dynamic challenge within a large nonprofit organization. The organization in particular specialized in research, data, and artifact procurement. It was a massive operation spanning several sites as well as hundreds of employees, most of whom had graduate educations. 
their budget was in the high tens of millions of dollars annually, not to include payroll. And so my job was to spend two days with the rank and file at their headquarters building, dividing my time with different groups and operations, and also spending time with the senior staff um, and organization leadership. And now this headquarters building was intimidating. It was absolutely beautiful. No price was spared in, in making this, this awe-inspiring structure to contain um, what they were holding on to. And the working conditions for the people were amazing. They had the best of the best as far as equipment was concerned and access and security. And so I was, I was overtaken by uh, what I first saw when I went in. Now, before I work with a client, I make sure out of respect for them that I understand who they are and what they're about. Uh, I spend time learning about them, not just from their own website, but from what, uh, what others say about them, what, the, what people say about them in the news, if anything. Um, however, unless you're part of the team, it's difficult to understand the intricate details about all of the moving parts of an organization. Like you don't, you don't know the little things that are happening behind the scenes, or what this specific group is doing or what this specific group is doing. Thus, when I go into a, a situation like this, and to be honest, this was the biggest organization I had ever consulted with, um, I really like to start the sessions the same way, regardless of the client that I'm working with. And so I, I, I first start with smaller groups um, specific to particular operations and or missions within the organization. And what I do is, is I like to ask these groups of people that are brought in um, about their mission, about their operations, about their accomplishments. I want to know from them what they have to say. And now I do this for two reasons. The first is to understand how each of these operations function within the system. Like I said earlier, you can't understand those intricate little details, those subtle nuances, the little things that keep the, the gears spinning. But the second reason and in my humble opinion, the most important one from a consulting standpoint is I want to develop an understanding of where the people are in their role. Are they proud of what they do? Are they proud of where they work? Do they display a sense of ownership? Do they talk about their area of the organization in a way that makes it seem like it's a part of who they are? Or do they talk as if it's simply a means to an end? You know, it's just a job. And something matters when you do this. And that's body language. 
because that's the telltale sign. Because I want to recognize body language by listening to both what is being said and what is not being said. How do they sit or stand when they're answering questions or talking about their work? What do their faces look like? Better yet, what do the faces of the others in the room at the time look like when they are listening to somebody else talk? Are they scowling? Do they have this confused look? Are they rolling their eyes? You can start seeing underlying problems just by putting a group of people that work together in a room and asking open-ended questions and watching the body language of other people while they talk. And so again, this was a gorgeous building. The boardroom that we would sit in had this panoramic view of the area. It was up on the top of the structure. There was art on the wall, like the procurements that they, they would do. Um, they would display some of those within the structure, uh, within these boardrooms. It was just aesthetically pleasing. And for somebody like me who would, isn't used to being in that type of a situation, um, it was amazing to just be a part of it. And you could feel pride just in the aesthetic beauty of both the architecture and what was there. Now, as I worked with these groups and they would come into this boardroom and we would talk, there was this thing that seemed to rise to the surface. And we're not, not once, not twice, but in every session. Were feelings of tension with senior leadership. This agreement of a lack of direction. Mixed messaging. Siloing. So after the dust would settle when we would talk about their operations, and we would do that, we would just do an open dialogue of what are the problems? And so the scowls on people's faces would change to these head nods where people would be talking about a problem with administration and the room would just move up and down. And so in each session, the people talked with pride regarding what they do. Heads nodded when discussing things like processes and individual achievements. Again, there were smiles. And over and over again, we'd come to the idea of administration. And the body language would change. And the feeling of the room would change. And you could start to see where the organizational problems lied. And so at the end of day one, and again at the end of day two, I would then meet back in the same boardroom with the senior leadership and administrators. So this was day one, the end of day one. 
And like all meetings, they would begin with pleasantries. They would ask what I thought about the organization. Did I get a chance to see everything I wanted? Is there anything else that I would like to see? And I did get to see a lot. And the, the, people, the people truly were prideful and wonderful. But you could sense the tension. And so after a while of chit-chat, all I asked was, would any of you like to bring up a problem that you're currently having within this organization? And this one individual on the other side of the room stood up from their chair and said, I have an issue. We have a problem with this stapler. And where the stapler goes. And who's responsible for filling the stapler. Now again, understand, we're talking about an organization that is doing tens of millions of dollars a year in operational work. Important work. Meaningful work. But this senior administrator brought up this problem with the stapler. And so I said, let's keep going. And they said, well, when we put the stapler at the photocopy machine, others are arguing that the stapler needs to be at the administrative desk. And when somebody moves it from the administrative desk to the copy machine, or vice versa, there's fighting and yelling and complaints, and we've literally had people in tears about where the stapler goes. And so I looked around the room, and these very high-paid executives and senior administrators are nodding their heads, about this stapler. And the individual who stood up to talk to me said, so what do you suppose we do about the stapler? And so at first, and somewhat jokingly, I said, well, why don't you just buy a second stapler and put one at the photocopy machine and one at the, the administrative assistant's desk? I said, but do you seriously think such tension and infighting is about a stapler? And they replied, well, that's what they keep getting into it about. And so the individual sat down, and I thought for a moment. And then I spoke. When you have a lot of unresolved underlying issues within an organization that have not been addressed, systematic issues, siloing, when you have lack of direction from leadership, 
those big things being ignored will manifest themselves in these tiny little problems. Now, this individual said, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. This isn't a tiny problem. We've had to have several meetings about where the stapler goes on this floor. And I said, you're missing my point. You are all focused on the stapler and the problems that are surrounding this thing. And you're missing the fact that people are acting out because they're stressed and being pulled in different directions because they don't have a single mission to move forward that they're manifesting this anger and these unknowns in the $13 stapler. And you, as leaders, are focusing on it. And so I ask you, again, is it possible that it's not about the stapler? And that is in about underlying issues that none of you have really addressed. And now again, you look around the room and you watch the body language. People are uncomfortable. Um, they're getting upset. You can tell that they feel um, picked on. And then a light switch happens. The next person speaks up. And they start talking about how they're not meeting as an organization and individual groups are siloed and they're just trying to move forward. Another person sp speaks up. Well, certain groups feel undervalued, um, that they're not a part of the, um, the foundation of the organization and they feel left out. And so this goes on for about 20 minutes. And I said to them, I said, are the people who are fighting about where a stapler goes, are they from these different areas? And they went, well, yeah. And that's when I said to them, can't you see because you haven't built community, put everybody on a mission together, valued people all the way around, this massive operation of unbelievable importance with millions and millions of dollars at stake has reduced itself to a stapler. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.